Today's show is brought to you by IBM. 16 million new-collar jobs will be created by 2024. To help fill them, IBM's new education model gives high school students workplace experience and an associate's degree. 90 P-TECH schools are already preparing graduates for tomorrow's STEM careers. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com slash P-TECH. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is the show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech and the week's news. You can send us your questions on Twitter with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. A reminder, there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. Without Lauren Good here, I am sad and at the same time, good riddance, Lauren Good. All joking aside, uh, I'm really hoping I never have to talk about wearables as long as I live. Today on Too Embarrassed Ask, I can talk about anything I want, and we're going to have a series of rotating hosts, co-hosts with me, and we will have various guests over the weeks, um, and we're trying to do something a little different. We're going to look at two of the biggest tech stories this week and explain some things that may be confusing about them by talking to the reporters who have covered them. Later in the show, I'll talk to Recode's senior social editor, Kurt Wagner, about the latest developments in the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal, which Virgins continues to go on. They've made a lot of changes today and, and over the last week. But first, I'm here with our senior finance editor, Teddy Schliefer. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday, April 3rd, the day that Spotify had just gone public. Um, we're going to talk about that, uh, but we're also going to talk about the shooting at YouTube, which Teddy and I just wrote about. Sure. Um, Teddy, welcome to Too Embarrassed to Ask. Hey, I am not Lauren Good. You're not Lauren Good, and I will Glad not make fun of you unless you act ridiculous, make ridiculous dad jokes, and then you're finished. Good. So we're going to talk about Spotify first, but we just covered the YouTube shooting, which seems to be a personal thing, but it still was really scary for uh, people in Silicon Valley who have not really had this happen to them yeah, before. Yeah, I mean, has this sort of thing ever? No, not, the, of, not in my memory. Yeah, no. I mean, obviously it's, you know, these things, we, we always watch these things happening from afar. And, right. you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these happen in public spaces, right? I mean, things happening in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Remember, I mean, that's where schools. Aurora started schools, but now you have it happening at a private company, theoretically, that's off limits to, sure. to outsiders. Yeah. Obviously not. Yeah, and, and Silicon Valley offices have always been open and accessible, more than most offices. Most offices, you badge in, it's in right. usually an office park, It's not. there's not people milling around. At, at Silicon Valley companies, they're, they're sort of an open campus. They're, they're, they're meant to keep the idea of fun for their employees. There's sometimes, there's a volleyball court at Google right out, there's a pool, um, there's food outside, there's always some activity going on. Um, so it feels like fun for the employees. And YouTube, which is separate from Google um, and is up in San Bruno, which is closer to San Francisco, it's still a pretty open plan. Sure, you know? yeah. No, I mean, I, I think this is going to obviously raise some questions about, you know, security of these facilities. I mean, the same way that, you know, after I remember after Aurora, you know, when everyone always thought movie theaters are safe spaces, no one would ever bring a gun into a movie theater. And right. then afterward, there was a national conversation about, you know, not just theaters, but, you know, dance clubs or concert yeah, halls. Dance or, clubs, yeah, sure. I mean, after every one of these incidents, there's always a natural it question about... Here. Yeah, about you know, I mean, I think the the, the alternate scenario is you know, or, or you know, the argument that we made against these things is well, shooting can happen anywhere, and maybe right. you know, does every single place need to be protected and insulated against 
catastrophe. And right. I don't know. I mean, it's a legitimate Apparently debate. Apparently, it does. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's interesting is Silicon Valley has been, you know, recently really dragged into politics, really dragged into issues around the NRA, all kinds of things. It doesn't sure. have. I don't think the shooting has anything to do with that, but it's uh, it's been being dragged into the world in a way it hasn't been. It has been in a bubble, and these campuses sort of represent that from a visual point of view. Um, anyone that you go to is, again, f- copious food. It's almost juvenile. It's almost yeah. like a Neverland for for the employees there. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to know more about. I mean, we're recording this uh, just in the hours after it happened, but obviously the motive will be something that yeah. will be really fascinating. You know, is this an incident that was? You know, why were they? Why was this person targeting YouTube? Were they targeting YouTube at all? Yeah. Um, you know, we'll want to know more about it. Doesn't it doesn't sound like it, but it certainly opens people's minds to a place yeah. they never thought it would happen. So uh, we'll be reporting more on that and, and about these campuses and how they're done. And it could change the way Silicon Valley works because the way people work here is part of what they make, too. I've been to pretty much all the campuses um, from Apple's new campus, their circular ring, to um, Twitter's, to Uber's, to uh, all others. And they have to be thinking hard. And I do know they have security that you don't see as much, but maybe they're going to have to be have more visible security right. uh, at a lot of these places. They t- they do try to create an atmosphere of openness again, as I said. Um, but let's talk about Spotify, which happened earlier in the yeah. day. Um, you A couple of weeks ago, you wrote uh, in February that Spotify had to go public this year. Let's talk about why that is. What what led up to this? Sure. And then talk about the unusual IPO. Sure. I mean, this is this is an unusual story. You know, most IPOs aren't particularly exciting. I mean, there's questions about how the company will perform on the stock market, but mm-hmm. you know, that's very inside baseball and fun for people like you and you know for us, but. Um, you know, the, the story with Spotify, originally the reason they had to go public this year was they got into this pretty messy situation with two of their investors mm-hmm. who had a convertible debt note, which for folks is basically, they issued a loan mm-hmm. to the company that at some point said that if uh, Spotify didn't go public this year, I think by this July, um, they would basically be back in debt to some of the earlier investors. This mm-hmm. is two firms, TPG is one of them that's somewhat well known. Um, so they were under pressure from their investors, like every company is under pressure from their right. investors to go public soon. And they've been private for a long time. Yeah, it's an, this is a pretty old company. So ultimately, you know, you know, the IPO here is a fascinating story, not just for again the inside baseball of of how IPOs work, but there's this broader power struggle that's been going on for a long time between the kind of the Wall Street types who are in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and you know the more Entrepreneur, founder. And there were also questions about his business plan, whether they could make money. They certainly yeah. are the leading music delivery service. I right. know my kids use it and will not use anything else. Right. But they have pressure from Apple, uh, which sure. is which initially that music service was not well well received, but right. now it is. And the, and others. There's so many others. Google has been trying it with YouTube sure. um, and some others. And so even though they're the leading one, one of the issues would they get bought? Would they get you know? Would they have bought, bought being bought was certainly speculated yeah. for a long time. Yeah, even until recently by YouTube or. Google too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're obviously a huge company, so it has to be a, an even bigger one that would buy them. But right. certainly, there's always been speculation about Spotify being acquired, and that has that did not. You know, I was right. hearing speculation about that even three or four months ago. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, if you knew the founder, that wasn't going to happen. He was someone who really did want to take this public. Daniel Ek, right. um, he's from Sweden. He's got a certain uh, the, the executives there have been together for not, a long time. Not from Switzerland. Not from Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. <laughs> explain that. Explain that, and then we'll um, talk about the unusual was this, IPO this morning. The New York Stock Exchange. Um, you know, in, a, in an effort to uh, satisfy and and humor probably the right. Swedish-born uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Ek right. floated what they thought was the Swedish flag uh-huh. uh, on the front of the New York Stock Exchange building, but it was the other European country that begins with SW. It was a Swiss flag. Oh no, um, they're very different flags too. Uh, yeah, well, I guess blue. Swedish flag is blue and blue, yellow, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think the stock exchange laughed They're it off. Different they laughed it off as like, well, we're we're a neutral party, and mm-hmm. you know, that's why we're Swiss, and mm-hmm. it was all intentional. But uh, yeah, no, that was. Uh, you know, they played into it, but yep. I don't think they're that upset. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they talk about the IPO, the unusualness of the IPO. Sure. Um, so, you know, the usual IPO is there are these investors who buy shares early who are, you know, who are Wall Street types who are not you and I, who don't have access, who have special access mm-hmm. to Spotify shares early. Um, what Spotify did is they basically listed their existing shares on the stock market for anybody to buy as soon as they went public. Mm-hmm. And again, what what this what that effectively did is it sort of was an end around bankers who have long traditionally been power brokers in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. They can make the right relationships. They can introduce right. you to the right people. And I think for a long time here, there was an alliance between the entrepreneurs and and bankers, not because they necessarily are cut from the same cloth as mm-hmm. people, because they're mm-hmm. not. Um, but they needed each other, right? right? Bankers needed the money. Entrepreneurs needed to do an IPO. So I think you know the ultimately the bigger picture question here is. How does this kind of reset the power imbalance between the two? Do, you know, do more entrepreneurs think like, "Hey, I don't need bankers." Yeah, um, they've been thinking it for a while. That's something. Yeah, and I think. You know, so explain the process. Sure. Uh, so basically, yes. Yeah, ordinarily, uh, shares are sold uh, like the day before the IPO to these, you know, mutual funds or other, you know, public market. Right, and investors. they do the, they do the wander around and see them and visit. Yeah, them. there's a whole po- the there's, there's the roadshow and the pomp and circumstance. It's a thing. It's a yeah, process. It's expensive. Generally, people think it's annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely room for innovation there. Um, Spotify basically, yeah. So they just listed their shares uh, on the stock exchange and said, you know, mom and pop buyers can, you know, go at home on Robinhood or whatever and buy your shares of Spotify yourself. You don't need to buy it from these Wall Street types. Right. So they, you know, maybe it's a Swedish thing, but they see this as democratizing. Right. Well, the the idea is you you knew for sure how many people would own it, and you put it in the hands of people you that aren't crazy. Yeah. Essentially, right. You know, that wouldn't uh, manipulate your stock or short sell right. or something like that. And so, and then you also would support the price that it had a support level. Right. And the risk, of course, was that, and you know, there were m- several bankers I know who were sort of privately rooting against rooting right. against Spotify's success right. because they wanted to see they it. they get fees. Yeah, and they see it not inaccurately as an existential threat on their business model, sure. right? right. Um, well, blockchain is that. All these things, all these different ways of raising money. I mean, bankers aren't incumbent, right? They have right. power. They, you know, this is a threat. Um, if it's widely adopted, it's a threat. Right. Um, but Google had an unusual IPO a long time ago and didn't really catch on. Yeah, no, I mean, there's obviously, you know, you know we've, we've uh, talked on other podcasts about, you know, what Shamath has been doing um, right. um, with his SPAC. He has 18 months, right? When we report, I mean, there were some early conversations between the Shamath SPAC and Spotify yeah. about doing, you know, not, not that that is that interesting because everybody talks in Silicon Valley, but, you know, I think it speaks to how there's a movement from, right. different, an, from different angles about, how to kind of how do this process things. differently. If you want to go public at all, right? Because right? that's also a big question. Right. But like there, there, Uber's sort of sitting out there and sure. not being public. I think probably Airbnb will be going public. Right. But there's a lot, there's a lot, of, just there's a lot of kindred spirits about, you know, there's, there's definitely demand to do something differently. Right. And like, you know, I think one of the questions will be, you know, ultimately today with Spotify, you know, it was a pretty unremarkable day for, there, you know, which in, in my opinion is a win. Let's talk the, about what happened today. Is, sure, what, yeah. So what, how did they do? This is, it's still, is the market still open now? No, it's not. No. Okay, so what happened? Yeah, I mean, Spotify shares dropped about 10% by the end of the day. Um, you know, and what did and, they sell for to start with? I think they sold about 165 bucks. They were down mm-hmm. to like 150. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like the doomsday scenario that some people right. imagine. So I think that cle- they definitely cleared the bar of like 
acceptable outcomes. Mm-hmm. So in, in my opinion, that's a win for the direct listing because right. it wasn't a catastrophe, right? right. Like some it people thought it would be. institutional support, that's correct, right. the way they put but it. But it could have, you know, could it have been better in an alternate scenario? Maybe. Do but they have any side deals like for like Fidelity to jump in or? I don't know, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Because you could see that, you know, them doing that. What, what do these big companies think? The Fidelities of the world that do do these buy, these right. giant masks? Well, ultimately, I mean, they're still able to buy in yeah. at, at some point. Um, yeah. They just don't have the early access to the company. Right, where you get special. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think that you know the question is, you know, if I was a fidelity, I'd be worried if other companies started doing this more and more and more. You know, there there is a the bigger picture here is there is a set of Wall Street types that have been granted early access theoretically because of their yeah, for their clients and their clients, their stability, their wisdom, yada right. yada yada. Yeah, and like Spotify is arguing that. Maybe that's overvalued. Yeah, maybe. I remember one person who went on a, one of those, one of them, an uh, early internet person is like, I think I'm paying for all the donuts and yeah. I think they're $4 <laughs> each. And you know what I mean? It was really, it was, I was like, you are paying yeah, for you all that. Yeah. You're paying for the private planes and you're paying for, it's all in the fees, you know, right. which they keep charging you. And then they you have a dinner. I remember going to AOLs when they moved from the one stock exchange, I can't remember, they moved to the New York Stock Exchange from NASDAQ, mm-hmm. where a lot of, this was on NASDAQ, correct? Uh, just on New York Stock Exchange. No, New York yeah, Stock Exchange. Yeah. Um, they moved there, and there was this fantastic dinner right afterwards that the head of the New York Stock Exchange at the time had for Steve Case and the AOL people. I went, mm-hmm. so I was writing a book on them. And um, and it, it was really interesting. It was very heady to be there and to be on the stock exchange, for it, even though nothing happens right. on the actual stock exchange. But it was heady to be down there sure. and have a little party and stuff. And, and after it was over, I walked out with Steve Case, and everyone had gone, and one of the other executives had taken all the limos. And so we were the banker limos, and so we were stuck in the middle of Wall Street with no limo, no cabs. And I was like, "Well, yeah. that was exciting. No Aren't Uber, you then. fancy? No Uber? Oh right. no, no, no!" Um, and it was it was an interesting time. So it's a pretty good outcome for them, correct? Yeah, well, it, it wasn't bad, and that's right. what I think ultimately will be remembered right. here. That like, right. if it's an equal outcome, right? Then there's at least another option. Sort of the so the, how, the Overton window. How of, of rich things is Daniel like now? Pretty rich. I need to crunch the numbers on that. But yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, he's especially, doing well. Especially. And some of the other people you talked to him about the CFO Barry McCarthy. Yeah, talk about you. You said he's the guy that got them, and why has he been so important? So talk a little bit about sure. That story. Well, so you know, usually you know in Silicon Valley, there's the the older number two who's the more conservative. Like, let's you know, I'm I'm the adult in the room. Let's yeah. color inside right, the let's lines. Let's end that word, adult in the room. That's 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 the pitch. I hate. Um, it. But McCarthy is the guy here who's you know thirty years older than Daniel Ek, right? Who basically is you know, the CFO of the company, who is encouraging the CEO to do like the wilder thing, the, the wilder thing at least in terms of Wall Street, and do this direct listing. Um, yeah, so you know he's the former CFO of Netflix. He's a big deal in, in the financial world. And, and the question I had going to this profile of McCarthy was: Is he some guy who is like you know at home? You know, making these speeches at privately about how terrible Wall Street is and how he hates it, and this is some mission to tear them down. And ultimately, I basically found that no, you know, he's not. He's not some you know mm-hmm. zealot against the bankers. He's, he right. just thought that this was the right call to make for Spotify because of the five or six conditions that the company met at this moment in time. Right, which were. You know, they didn't need to raise money right now. Right. Um, they have had a long history of like shareholders selling shares to each other privately. And you get the impression that if he was the CFO of some other company, he wouldn't have done his direct listing. And sure. again, when he was at Netflix, he did a pretty normal IPO. Mm-hmm. And he's just an interesting guy because he's had such a, you know, he's such a big deal, uh, you know, and a major league player, but he's also, you know, trying to sort of the overthrow, is critical to overthrow the system in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and the question I had was like, is this like a ideological quest, or is right. this just like, you know, Google's was? They certainly made a lot of speeches about it when they did it. Um, yeah. And I again, I forget the 
process. It was an auction. I yeah, it was an auction, right? Auction system. Um, I forgot it the minute I wrote about it for, when Google did that. Um, so when you when you think about what happens here, what happens next for, let's finish up talking about what sure. happens next for Spotify as a business, as a public company, how does it change? Um, and then is it business as usual? And then overall Silicon Valley, where it's going? Because you know you write about venture capitalists where it's yeah. going. They all do want a public offering right. or some way to cash out. Right. I mean, ultimately, you know, now Spotify investors can, can. There's also no lockup here, so you know, shareholders, except for like 90% of shareholders, if Daniel Ekman to sell his shares tomorrow, he could. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, you know, now this is a company. So there's no lockup. There's no lockup except no. for uh, Tencent, but that's mm-hmm. just a special circumstance. Yeah. So ultimately, this the is Chinese the, company. Right. Why, um, why did they have a special? They cut a deal with Spotify like okay. three months ago, and mm-hmm. it was part of the part of that. Yeah. So ultimately, now you know, I think a lot of other venture capitalists. Uh, and board members are going to look at this and see it as a real option, mm-hmm. right? And that's the you know, again in the past. Explain the lockup. They have to have a lockup. So yeah. allegedly, basically, the idea is that you know chaos. You know, if you were Evan Spiegel and you were taking Snap Public, you have to hold on to your shares for a certain amount of time, so you can't dump all your shares sure. as soon as you're rich and call it a mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Um, so it's a way. To, it's another way to keep keep the company afloat. But ultimately, I think the long term impact of this is that there are going to be a lot of venture capitalists. That now know they have a second option um, when considering the menu of things that are in front of them, and that in itself, the fact that that we're even discussing this, I think, right. as a legitimate idea that something can do. But in this case, was it the investors or Daniel and uh, Barry? It was mostly Barry. Yeah, uh, I mean the investors. I mean for them, it does. I mean either way, it's an exit. I mean I guess they can sell mm-hmm. earlier because of right. the lack of a lockup. But you know, ultimately, IPOs are are hard to do. It's hard for them to go to well and. Yeah. Spotify, you know, is now yeah. a thirty billion dollar company. Does it change the way they do business now? There's I'm under more scrutiny. People, are yeah, at maybe. Obviously, obviously, they'll have to report earnings. And, right. You know, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be they're still under threat from Apple. I mean, that's right. not that's not a hundred percent. And others gone. and Google and right. others. I mean, they have big. They they do. It's fascinating. I was watching my kids use them and they use Spotify a hundred percent. It was really. I was like, what about Apple Music? Yeah. And, like oh, some of our but he was saying some of our friends are trying it because it's so integrated. And yeah, stuff. I mean it's, it's weird. For, it's, weird it's weird to remember this. Remember what it was like to download music right. for Spotify. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I had albums. I yeah. just found my album. I bought a record player the other day. Don't know what that is. Yeah, okay. It's a thing that goes around and you put a little needle. It's very exciting. It's a very, it's a very exciting and the scene of many memories in the Swisher uh, lexicon. But last question: What about going public? Everybody else. But, I mean, there's others. Who's who's next? It's Dropbox just went, Spotify. Yeah, I, th- I think you know April was obviously a big month. I, I mean, I think the big question for the second half of the year is going to be Lyft. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Lyft has to go before Uber, right? Right. There's a lot of... Uh, Explain why that is. Sure. I mean, the idea would be that Lyft would be able to go first and have kind of the public goodwill and have the early investors excited about their company rather mm-hmm. than being constantly compared to Uber, which is still valued at, you know, 60 four or five times yeah. higher than Lyft's valuation. Um yeah, and Uber has publicly said they're going public in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know, and, and you know, there's certainly been conversations heating up within Lyft investors about whether or not this is something they want to do. That's going to be the big question for the second half of the year, at least on the companies that you know listeners have heard of. But the first half was definitely you know, you know, Dropbox and Spotify are back to back. So yeah, Lyft will be a big question. The other highly valued companies, some of them, there are questions about whether they'll ever go public, like Palantir or SpaceX, right. two companies that are very defined by like their founder. Um, and you can't really see them wanting to take on all these public market investors. Yeah, and Airbnb and Uber are probably both the 2019 plays, and that's mm-hmm. so. I think the second half of the year, the, con- the speculation will be about Lyft right. and whether or not that they're ready for it. 
Um, they certainly want to go before Uber. I guess they could go early 2019. Right. But then you're sort of... In that January time. Yeah, but then you're kind of risking, you know, I don't know how good Lyft's market intel is on right. Uber. Right, so, right, right. So, who knows? Right. Well, Uber's just trying to recover itself. Right? right. They still have had a lot of problems lately. Sure. Um, and so you think the, the IPO is back? I think for a lot of these small, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, 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 you know, bankers will always say the IPO is back, right? Um, it's their self-interest. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, we've now over the last two months had, you know, a ten billion dollar company in Dropbox and a thirty billion dollar company in Spotify go public in back-to-back weeks, and that's not that's pretty rare. Right. Um, so, yeah, certainly there's some momentum. I think a lot of this is is generally just. People speculating and yeah. you know. Did Donald get, Trump tweet about either of them? People in can't some read. People can't way. really read markets. It's a lot no, of guesswork. They can't. Um, so no, no tweets from Donald Trump though. On these, I, would, uh, I mean, this me, Spotify is riding on the internet that the government yeah, built. Does does Trump is Trump aware of Spotify versus <laughs> Apple Music? So. Versus, I, <laughs> I don't, don't think know. He knows about Twitter. But it would create news, so he should do it. So. Yeah, terrific. Thank you, Teddy Schlieffer from Recode. Um, in a minute, I'll be back with Kurt Wagner to talk about Facebook privacy story. That will never end. But first, we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsors. Teddy, one last thing before you go. Can you please give me your best reading of the line, hashtag money? Hashtag money. Oh, I like it. Nice. Well done. Thanks, Teddy. That'll be $5. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by IBM. By 2050, the world population will reach nearly 10 billion, and food production will need to grow by 70%. What if artificial intelligence could help? Farmers are already using AI to help increase crop yields. Watson and the IBM Cloud provide access to weather data and analyze satellite imagery to help them monitor soil moisture levels and reduce water waste. So as the population grows, more food can be put on tables. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com smart. Hey, this is Kurt Wagner from Recode. In a couple of minutes, you're going to hear from me talking with my boss, Kara Swisher, about the Facebook Cambridge Analytica data privacy scandal. Kara and I spoke on Tuesday afternoon about everything that Facebook had said up until that point. And then, of course, on Wednesday, a lot of stuff happened. And so we wanted to be sure to update here before you hear that conversation. First, Facebook announced that it had rewritten its terms of service and its data policies for the first time in more than three years. Um, So far, that means it's not necessarily collecting any different data or less data about you, the Facebook user, but it's hopefully going to be more explicit about what it is collecting and where that data is used and how it shows up uh, in places that are not Facebook. Also on Wednesday, the company confirmed that it could be as many as 87 million people whose personal data ended up in that Cambridge Analytica data set that we've been hearing about. The original reports were closer to 50 million, so this is obviously a much larger number than, than we were all uh, under the impression of. CTO Mike Schreffner said that most of the people from this data set were in the United States, and you'll actually be able to check whether your data was part of that data set beginning on Monday, April 9th. Uh, Facebook's going to put stuff in your news feed, so keep an eye out for that, and and hopefully it will tell you whether or not your data was part of that collection. Then came some of the really big stuff around Facebook's business. The company said it's going to start aggressively cutting down on how much data third parties can get through its platform. That's through things called APIs. Uh, the short version is that you know if you're not Facebook you're probably going to get less Facebook data. The company wants to keep your data in-house and give less of it away to other businesses and brands that are using its services. And last but not least, we learned 
on Wednesday that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is formally and, and finally going to testify before Congress in two separate hearings next week. The first on Tuesday, April 10th, he'll be in front of a joint hearing of a couple of uh, U.S. Senate committees. And then on Wednesday, April 11th, he'll be in front of the House Commerce Committee. And we will be there. I will be in D.C. covering those uh, live. So definitely stay tuned to Recode and we'll be giving you all the updates as they happen. In the interest of not causing confusion here or, or wasting any of your time, I just want to let you know what we've done with today's podcast. Uh, anything Kara and I said that's now out of date, uh, we edited that out of the conversation. But all of the other analysis and uh, any other questions that we answered from readers or listeners, that should all still be in the podcast, and hopefully you'll find it to be a really interesting discussion and conversation. So for now, here's the rest of this week's Too Embarrassed to Ask. Take it away, Kara. And we're back, and I've traded one Recode reporter for another. They are interchangeable because they're mm. so good. Slightly disagree, Slightly. But, <laughs> but yes. I'm here with Kurt Wagner, the sassy person who's been writing about Facebook, uh-huh. Cambridge Analytica, all kinds of crap going down at Facebook. And Mark Zuckerberg's been on a chitty chat tour. Yeah, just because I just noted chatting. a Reuters interview. He we felt one. special for about we did, uh, for a, a day, minute. Yeah, right? we got one of the first ones. Yeah, we, we were like, oh, man, ones. we get to talk to Us. Mark. And then yeah. everybody got to talk to Mark. Yeah, so he talked to, to Yeah, uh, he was on a t- TV a few times. Um, he did a podcast with Ezra Klein, From which Vox. is Vox. He just Vox. was on Reuters talking about something else. He was on. Ro- he gave a interview to Reuters today, I think. Yeah. So wh- why today. is he doing this? What's the What's the plan well, with they, Mark? They rolling the mark out. I don't. I don't know how you feel. I think they kind of screwed up at yeah. the beginning. I mean, so they announced on a Friday night that this Cambridge Analytica thing happened. Mm-hmm. Then we found out Saturday morning from the New York Times that it really happened, and we got more details. And all of a sudden, Facebook looked like they were trying to, you know, jump in front of which they were, I guess, jump mm-hmm. in front of the news story. But then you didn't hear from Mark specifically for five days. Right. Everyone was saying, where's Mark Zuckerberg? We want to hear from Mark Zuckerberg. And now they're course correcting, which is they're making sure everybody hears from Mark Zuckerberg. And right. uh, so that's, I think, why you're seeing this. So one of the, the issues are around, and they're seeing pressure from Congress. Mark's going to speak in front of Congress. Yeah. yeah. Unofficial, but, Unofficial, um, but it will happen. soon. And then he's going to have to keep talking, I think. He's going to have to keep talking. Now, one of the things he did talk about was an interview I had with Tim Cook, which he took issue with. Tim essentially said Facebook screwed up. And when I asked him, what would you do if you were Mark Zuckerberg? He said, I wouldn't be in the situation in the first place. It was quite a cut from the head of Apple. And they are partners. They are longtime partners. Facebook is a big app on the the app platform. It's hard to imagine. Like, how would Apple feel if Facebook and Instagram weren't on yeah, uh, you know, and I, vice versa. I, yeah, of course. I mean, I I think that it's... Um, I, I suspect said, Apple will be just fine. I think this is an opportunistic time, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. if you're the CEO of Apple, in this case, you're running a business that isn't advertising. Mm-hmm. And so it's an opportunity to show how amazing your high-end phone market business mm-hmm. is. And then if you're Mark Zuckerberg... You come back and you say, well, at least our business isn't for just right. rich people, what, what right? You, so what, That was quite an interesting yeah. dig. What did you think of that? I, 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 someone who's four times as rich as Tim Cook is an interesting, <laughs> is an interesting ploy as far right. as um, Who did you think? I thought it was Advantage Apple because Apple Apple does have a really good record of privacy in the United States. There are some yeah. issues in China. That well, remember the iPhone problem. after the San Bernardino yeah. shooting? I mean, yeah. you couldn't even break into the iPhone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think that... Uh, hmm. I think I th- Mark should have said nothing. Yeah, I know. I thought this was way more fun, though. And <laughs> for I, I, us. Yeah, great. it was way, yeah. way more fun for us. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't have a problem with him with him pushing back. I, yes, he's he's super rich, and so for him to point out that, hey, but our why service... why that way? Why did he push back that way? Well, I, I, he's I, trying to sh- throw dirt 
in their direction on their issues yeah, versus so talking about his own. Well, yeah, That's exactly. The issue I, have. I, I, I think he'd probably, I mean, he spoke to us for uh, 25 minutes and all he did was talk about his own issues. My mm-hmm. guess is he was sick Tired. of defending himself yeah, and so he I'm jumped gonna, at the chance it, it, to. It's funny because I just, I'm arguing with someone at Facebook about something and um, said, uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but Tim just drives me nuts as does a hypocrisy of the tech media in love with their Apple gadgets. Oh my God. Right. They're like so defensive at Facebook. Facebook at victim is not a good look no, today, no. I think. I don't, and they've played that card a lot. Yeah, I don't think they have, but they're, they're just, a victim they just literally, in any way. They literally are like always thinking they're under siege. They're, it's so typical of this executive talking yeah. this way because, you know, they've been on Twitter. Oh, we're not as bad as you think. You know, they're, yep. they're under this uh, this impression that they didn't do anything wrong and why are people yelling at them? Right. But as you pointed out, all of the, the – let's go way back to the Cambridge Analytic thing that started all this. The data was ultimately collected in the way Facebook intended. So. Right. Yeah, they can come out and say, hey, these were bad actors, but Facebook wrote the rules that enabled this to happen, at least initially. They've changed those rules since, and that's what they would tell you immediately if they heard this podcast. But the fact of the matter is, for a long time, the rules they had in place were not meant to help uh, their general users. They were meant to help the businesses that wanted yeah, the data. I think they built this monster. They should control this monster. Exactly. And, and yeah. stop blaming everybody else or pointing to other people's. Everybody, you can point to every single person, but to blame, you know, I, I, I of course Tim Cook's going to criticize. And I actually like that someone actually prominent says something because everybody sort of gets the omerta in Silicon Valley right. when things are going on. And it's fine if they don't, it to show that these companies are different at Silicon Valley. But it, and it, by the way, all this Facebook stuff has a real impact on, on Apple and Microsoft and others who have nothing to do with it. Yeah. And so it has a, it has a contagion effect of my, regulation, which Tim called for. My favorite, uh, not to, not to mm-hmm. just talk about rich people bashing other mm-hmm. rich people, but was Elon Musk. Did you oh, see Oh, Elon Musk did too, yeah. Pull down the Tesla and SpaceX yeah. Facebook pages. And it was so hilarious because it was on Twitter and people said, hey, what about your Facebook page? And he was like, eh, yeah, that looks kind of lame. I'm going to take that down. Boom. And it was <laughs> it was gone within 30 minutes. He's so like that. He's like that. So uh, let's talk about their meaningful actions. I, I yeah. do get, I, I, let me just say, Kara Swisher is exhausted by Facebook's victimization of itself. I'm like, enough, mm-hmm. you people. Just sit in the corner and take your take it take it for a little while. Like, mm-hmm. too bad. If they, if they have to take it for 15 minutes, they get annoyed, which sure. is, I think, irritating. And then we'll get to some questions. But what have they done meaningfully? They announced uh, several things and, and doing things that they have... You know, they did stop people from uh, sharing the, that data way back for a while yeah. ago, but it was so, mostly in their interest. Let's say the most meaningful thing was mm-hmm. done to, to this specific scenario was actually done three years ago, yeah. which was that they said, from now on, if you're a business and someone uses their Facebook account to log in to your app, you can only take their data. You can't mm-hmm. take the data of friends. all of their friends. So right. we'll say that that's the most that's meaningful the, thing is. that they did three years ago. What's the most Which meaningful thing? they had done three years before that, right? Or three or four years. W- well, they had announced it a year before, yeah. it took a year to roll out, whatever. Um, so let's talk about the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. I think the most meaningful stuff is primarily um, a collection of a lot of small things that most people probably won't have, will have no idea even happened, right? Which is that they're cutting down on, for example, the um, uh, businesses that want to use Instagram's API. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, a bunch of people who were pulling data from Instagram all the time, all day, every day, don't have access to the API. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're coming out and saying, hey, we're going to limit what, um, if you use your uh Facebook account to log in on a third-party app, we're going to limit the amount of data that company can actually collect about you. So Mm -hmm. these are small things that on their own all seem way underwhelming and Mm -hmm. and not really up to what you would expect. When I think you add them all up, or what I'm hoping is 
three weeks from now, when we add them all up, we'll say, oh, okay. Yeah. It looks like they, they were made pretty sloppy changes. by not having done these things. Because I, I think they don't. I think sure. from the beginning, someone, um, maybe it was Mossberg, was texting me. He's like, this is what they were like when they started. This is what they're like now. You know, I mean, it, I think he's right in some sense. This is from face mash to now, it's the same kind of behavior. Well, you and I, I think, agree because we mm-hmm. talked about it last time mm-hmm. that we kind of like Mark. Mm-hmm. For, we personally, talked to him. Yes, yeah, personally. We think like he seems to be earnest about trying to solve these things at the same time. It's pretty remarkable that none of this ever happens until there's drama. To drama. Right? And like, it's the same type of thing. It's not very proactive. It's the overuse of data. Yeah. So let's add, get some questions from our readers and listeners um, since your last appearance. First, here's one from Maria Petrova. Is it accurate to say that Facebook sells your data versus for a price gives advertisers access to your data? So that's inaccurate to say Facebook sells your data. Okay, how does you it could do? say that uh, Facebook basically, uh, I kind of like the way she put it, mm-hmm. slightly, they sell access to you. They don't even really sell access to your data because they don't ever get mm-hmm. it. Right. What they do get is your attention. So mm-hmm. Facebook keeps the data, but they know who you are. And as a result, they go to the advertiser and say, well, we can put your ad in front of people that match this criteria. We're not going to tell you who those people are. All we can tell you is that you know they're males between 18 to 30 who live in San Francisco. Right. Boom, there you go. And and the reason they don't sell your data is because they'd lose that whole right. competitive edge if right. someone else had it. Absolutely. But their business is advertising, which is exactly. to sell you as the product. Right. So. They sell your, atten- your yep. attention. Yeah. Uh, a couple of rapid fire ones from regular uh, question answer Liz Weeks. How many uh, of Facebook's remediation steps are organic versus complying with the May 2018 EU privacy law deadlines? Mm. Will Facebook take action against Cambridge for breaching their legally binding document? And when will Zuck do a long form interview? With Kara Swisher. I'm trying on the last one. I've asked him to the code conference. I've asked him yeah. for a major slot there. And no we'll one see ever asks when he's going to do the long form interview with Kurt Wagner. Well, though. you know it's what? Too bad. They will, Kurt. Yeah, they just. I think they, because I made him sweat last time. That's yeah, what it is. I know. I that's, know. that's what it Someday. is. Someday. It's the sweat thing. Um, to will the there two... be sweat too, <laughs> essentially, a sequel? Let's, let's hope so. Sweatier. Um, sweatier. No. Yeah. Uh, so our two questions. One was how uh, many of the remedi- uh, are organic, the remediation oh, steps. Well, I think uh, what we saw when Facebook came out with some kind of changes around the language of its uh, privacy settings. They put them all in the same place. They made them easier to find. I think a lot of that was already in the works because of the EU stuff. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, I'm not really sure. You know, organic being. The, the term that was used there. I think this is stuff they would have probably done after mm-hmm. this situation. They kind of, in a weird way, lucked out because they were already preparing for the EU and now they can kind of package it for two things, right? Hey, we're not only complying with these new rules, but it comes right after this big dramatic scandal right. they had. So it looks as if they're acting really quickly. All right. Um, so I think it's yeah. a lot of EU Will they take stuff. action against Cambridge? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, let's ask them. They've, they've uh, turned over their audit to, I think, regulators and yeah. Yeah, British authorities. Yeah, they're in a mess of trouble, Cambridge Analytica. I wonder if they could, I'm I sure they could so sue sorry them. sorry for Steve Bannon and the Mercers. Yeah, I'm sure you feel I don't really feel, choked up I don't about feel that. it. Oh, I think Teal's in there too. I'm not sure. Is he in there? I forget. Okay, uh, Chris, I can't pronounce his name, Ndungu at Extafa asks, uh, how much data of users Outside the U.S., did Cambridge Analytica mine, considering Cambridge Analytica has clients across the globe? So we don't know know who was involved. We don't know how many were from the U.S. versus abroad. We don't know who they were yet, but Facebook has said it's going to create a service that would let people basically log in and find out, was my data part of that 
group. Right. So when they do that, we'll hopefully have a but much better idea. But who's to say what they did with it, right? Once again. Yeah, exactly. And who's to say that this was the only batch of data that they got their hands on? So right. I think there's a, I would say, I would guarantee that it's not all data from US users. We just don't know the breakdown yet. I think the issue is they let it out the door and they don't know what happened. Yeah, and Mark said it, that to us. Yeah, once it goes out the door and it's on someone else's it. servers, they it's, can do whatever they want. it's out of touch. Goodbye. It's old data, but still it's data nonetheless. Um, here's another question. What's a middle ground between surveillance capitalism, effective but predatory, and TV advertising, ineffective? Um, hmm. Surveillance, this word's just uh, using our data more responsibly, it seems. So talk about uh, surveillance capitalism, this, I, this word that has gotten around. I imagine that must mean what Facebook does, which yeah. is that they target us based on all the data that it's they're effective. collecting. Uh, I guess a middle ground would be TV what, a subscription? Spray and pray. What about that, right? Like, yeah. hey, we're going to, we have all this data about you so we can personalize your service and make it. And make it hopefully better for what you, but we're not going to make money from that. Would you pay that. for Facebook? I would. Not I thought pay. about paying for Twitter. I mean, there was that whole conversation a while Twitter. back that, like, hey, would you pay a dollar a month for Twitter? Yeah. And are there enough would people who would? I'm sure there would. Yeah. Yeah, I'd pay it for Twitter. But that's not nearly the business model. What do you that, pay for online, Kurt? Uh, I have Spotify. Spotify. And I have the New York Times. I have those two things too. I have the um, Washington Post. Do you know democracy dies in darkness? That's you what I've heard. Those are my only consistent subscriptions. Give money to Jeff Bezos because he needs it. Yeah. He's not quite rich enough. I've heard. Yeah. Anyway, that's the three things I buy. Um, There's two more. On the side effects of this privacy scare has been that people are downloading the data Facebook has about Mm. them and finding things they don't like. Can you talk about what's what's been going on with the Android phones? Yeah. So there were some revelations that uh, when people were downloading all of their Facebook data, they were realizing that Facebook had been collecting call and text interactions that were uh, not within the Facebook app. So these are not Facebook messenger conversations. These are actual text messages they were sending. And the way that Android's app permissions work is that some uh, developers are actually able to call that information. We don't know why Facebook was collecting it because they haven't come out and said yet why. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's definitely... People were opting in to do this, first mm-hmm. of all. like mm-hmm. They were technically granting Facebook permission, sure. although maybe they didn't realize they were. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, why does Facebook need that information? Why do they need they to know I made rapacious. a phone call to my like mom Google. and whatever? So I used to call Google the Borg. They just want it. They just want to eat it. <sighs> well, it makes sense if they came out and said, hey, we're using this, and because we know you were calling this person, all of a sudden we recommended that you friend them on Facebook. Yeah. But they claim they didn't use it for that. So it's they like, well, what it. were you using Kurt, it for? They just want it. They're they the Borg. Do you ever know. watch those episodes? of Star Trek? I don't watch the Star Borg Trek. The Borg just eats. It doesn't have any reason to all eat. Right. It just eats. It wants it all. It wants to It wants to assimilate well, everything. Well, people don't like that. No, they don't. And now they're realizing. This is Borg 2. <laughs> first there was what? You need Sweaty to watch two, that movie with the Borg. And now there's Borg 2. That was a great film. I'm pretty uh, poorly cultured when it comes to this. movies and You should watch it. It's like a fine that. movie. And yeah. Jean-Luc Picard is fantastic. Um, in any case, they want to use this information and they want to collect it. And their business is about collecting this information. Uh, and they, instead of being mad at Tim Cook, they should focus right. on themselves. <laughs> yeah. You can be mad at They have all kinds of problems. They, the battery thing was appalling in Apple. So was the China stuff is disturbing. Right. But uh, nobody's distinguished themselves in China for sure. Well, they better not come out with uh, any kind of targeted advertising business. Yes. Soon. Yes. And the children, where's the kid thing? The kid Facebook or whatever. The, the kid Facebook. Oh, Messenger Kids. Yeah. It still exists. Yeah, they got to get rid of that. You didn't like that? I just don't think so. Messenger, but for your six year old? No. They I don't have kids, so I don't really. Wax, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Just it seems you. unnecessary. Yeah. I think the whole point of it, quite frankly, was for parents and kids to talk, but 
it's too weird coming from Facebook. Yeah. Someone else should come up with yeah. that product. They shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Just because it feels unco- it feels icky. I can barely let Uber pick up my 16-year-old without yeah. having a problem with it. <laughs> you know, but I'm okay with that, actually. I don't know if that's legal, actually. Um, anyway, just, it's, it's a question of trust. It's a question of trust. Absolutely. So here's the last question. If we called Mark Zuckerberg back up right now, I do not have his cell phone. I should get it. Next time I see him, I'm going to make him give me his cell phone. Um, what would you want? I just want to ask him. Mm. We have one question, Kurt. Mark's on the phone right now. Mark? Man, I wish I read that question before. Can't even do his voice for one single question. Um, He's gonna hang up soon. This is bad. Yeah, I know this is bad. Uh, Whatever I say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, Just I'm gonna regret later. Um, I would probably, I'd want it to be newsy because I'd Mm want to be able to come out and actually have some news from it. So Mm -hmm. I'd probably ask something uh, along the lines of his about his testimony. The congressional testimony. Yeah, because he's never testified before. Yeah. So I guess I'd say, I guess I'd want to know, how are you preparing for your yeah. congressional testimony? Who's yeah. preparing you? What question? There's you know. several committees that want him, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Who, just, who's preparing you? What are you preparing for? Um, are you nervous? Like, I just, that's more than one question, but I'd want to know about that because mm-hmm. that's timely. What but about you? You interviewed him. Ask him? Yeah. I'd, I'd ask him, this seems to be a pattern, Mark. What I mean, I'd ask the bigger question. I don't, you know, these things pass; those stories pass. But this seems to be a bit of a pattern. Like you seem to be evolving, but it seems it's the same issue that mm-hmm. you have. Um, I might ask him about that. I would ask him about how he feels. You know, yeah. running this. Why does he keep running away from the responsibility of what he created? He's always like, I don't want to sit at my desk. I'd plow. I'd plow through that a little bit, a little bit more. Um, why does he keep saying that? It's really, it's a strange yeah. thing. I, I don't want the responsibility for my desk. Why'd you build it? For your entertainment, and then you leave it. It's kind of. A, I'd like to understand that further. Um, I'd like to understand the, the the lack of irritants in that system. Why does it, is he not right. getting good? Too many people that agree. Agree. Yeah. They don't want to rock the boat. With yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple. You of just things. gave away all the good questions for code conference. Though. Yeah, I could say that was my fault. I think I would open up by going, "What is wrong with you?" Right, right? now. I think I did that with That's Susan Wojcicki from YouTube, yeah. which now I feel bad about after the shooting this week. But I said, hey, when are you going to get that vile person off of YouTube? Yeah. I like to open the good one like that. That's good. Put him Mark's on the spot. Mark's more delicate. Susan can take it. But, you know, like <laughs> you have to be careful with him. You got to, like, ease him into a conversation. Like you said, you wanted sweaty too. So. No, I do not want sweaty too. I never want sweaty again. Thank you very much. Yeah. And also, it was interesting. I would, I, I, this week, one of the stories that broke was the, was the Boz Oh, memo. yeah. It does reveal their attitudes, doesn't it? Well, there. I've talked to a bunch of people since that came out, yeah. and um, you know the the explanation at the time was, I know, "Hey, it's we an ethical debate like they're in a college." Yeah, we we sports. present these really tough questions so that it spurs debate and whatever. Um, I think I think there's some truth to that, but there's a lot of people who who I've spoken to who think that there's a lot more people who actually believe that mindset that. than would ever fully. Admit I think it. they this texts I'm getting are exactly like that. They think that and they feel victimized. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, they just the, one of the things I'm getting is why can't we say what we think? I'm like, you know, the people at Exxon Mobil don't get to mouth <laughs> off the way you people do. It's time you're a big company. Yeah, you're gonna have to learn to you know. It didn't look good, and they think sure. it makes them less innovative. I don't. I think that's. Crock. I think it. I hear. I, we we had this actually right. this conversation in our Slack when that when that story happened, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was I I think he'd be okay with me saying this. I think it was Jason Del Rey who just pointed out, you know, th- a side effect of this thing is that um, we suddenly know Facebook is certainly aware of its consequences because right. there's also been the criticism. Oh, Facebook does all this stuff and mm-hmm. it doesn't even think of the consequences. Yeah. Well, now we know at the very least they've 
thought so through some care. of the consequences. The question is, do they care about it? Right. But, you know, I, I think, um, I, I legitimately think some of these challenges are, are legit. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, building uh, these products and, and having 2 billion people use them, making sure all of them behave and follow the rules mm-hmm. is impossible. So I get right. the challenge. It's just a matter of like f- the finger pointing that when they yep. when things go wrong, oftentimes it's like someone else screwed up. Yeah, strap in, Mark. It's going to be a bumpy year. <laughs> That's what I say. Who knows what's coming next? Anyway, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thanks again to Teddy Schliefer and Kurt Wagner for joining me. And our thoughts go out to the people of YouTube. A terrible thing happened today, and uh, I hope uh, they are well. And for the people who were hurt, uh, I hope they make a quick recovery. If you want to hear what you thought about the show, please tweet to us at, with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can email us at tooembarrassed at recode.net. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcast. Now that you're done with this, you should check out our other shows, Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That's a lot of recodes. If you have a question on any tech topic or the latest tech news, tweet them to at Recode with the hashtag TooEmbarrassed or email them to TooEmbarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening and thanks to our sponsors and to Cadence 13 and Vox Media, which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free. We have a lot of ads, so we've got to make more shows. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed ask, so tune in then. Today's show is brought to you by IBM. 16 million new-collar jobs will be created by 2024. To help fill them, IBM's new education model gives high school students workplace experience and an associate's degree. 90 P-TECH schools are already preparing graduates for tomorrow's STEM careers. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com slash p-tech.